In today's episode, once again, we're speaking to the amazing Dr. Liz Jenkins. Dr. Liz is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified relationship coach with over 35 plus years of experience and 75,000 hours working with single people and couples and helping them to reignite relationships so they can prevent um, divorces, infidelity, and lifelong dissatisfaction and navigate huge life transitions. And today we're talking to Dr. Liz to see how to return chemistry in a lot in a long-term relationship let's find out and wonder and also find out why this is so how relationships are so important in your business and to and why relationships are a cornerstone for a successful career let's find out Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, we have the fabulous, we have the courageous as well, because she deals with so many relationships, Dr. Liz. <laughs> welcome, Dr. Liz. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Looking thank forward you. to chatting. Thank you so much for coming back. We had such an interesting conversation on Friday feature. We had to have you back on Money Talkies. So, Dr. Liz, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. Please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. I am a connection coach. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have pivoted over to the world of uh, couples and keeping folks connected and set up disconnected. I don't want anyone to have one more dissatisfying, distracted relationship or um, have to find themselves living a life that just doesn't serve them. Who wants to go through life and like, eh, eh. I, want, I want you to go like, yeah, I'm here and I'm, I'm made some good choices and I'm proud of myself. I'm happy with my relationship. Awesome. I think relationships are really, really important. And being a single person, I can still say this, you know, as much as, uh, you know, you have your autonomy and your freedom in, in when you're single, the best you, it's being single on this planet is just such a lonely place. It's, you definitely need to be in, in a relationship to actually really experience the full extent of it. And I know people uh, who are single always say, no, I'm okay with being single. But I think there's nothing wrong with being single. I enjoy being, no. being single. But I do think in a relationship, you get to enjoy the life a bit better. Now, we're talking about specifically today, you know, long-term relationships, how to retain chemistry in a long-term relationship. So the very first question I want to ask you, Dr. Liz, is it possible to retain and keep passion and chemistry in a long-term relationship once you've been married for 10, 20, 30 years? Is it still possible? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I, me personally, I'm living proof of it. We've been together 37 years, married 35 years. And so there is chemistry. There is that passion. There is the friendship. Um, and like all... I think all relationships, all parts of life, there's an ebb and a flow. There's a highs, mm-hmm. there's a lows, um, kind of call seasons where yeah. really things are clicking. Life is clicking. Things are falling into place. And there's other times where it's just like, 
everything's an effort. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the reason why I ask this question, we'll go into uh, to the strategies and techniques bit in a bit. But the reason why I ask is because if you think about media that's shown us around us, everything <laughs> from Netflix to movies and, uh, you know, um, social media and everything else, it all points us to, you know, all the external temptations and how, mm-hmm. you know, people get bored of their partners after a few years and the seven-year itch and the 14-year itch has been in a marriages where people, you know, um, want to explore other people or or look for something else outside the marriage. Mm-hmm. And even my, you know, some of my marriage uh, uh, friends or cousins you know, they're like, oh, it's been married for 20 years. It's not a big thing anymore. It's not something we think about anymore. It's not like sex is important anymore. And I, um, I'm i always astonished at that. You know, why wouldn't it be important? Or is it the fact that, you know, once you've been with someone for 10, 20 years, it, it, you know, they, they, there's nothing exciting left. So what do you, you know, you know, tell me, what's your opinion about this? It is, it's funny, like you talk about the seven-year itch, the 14-year itch and things. Um, media does play... Um, and normalize, I would say, wrong information oftentimes. Yeah, okay. they, they normalize that when you have the same person when you, that you wake up every morning, that you're going to you're gonna want something different. You're going mm. to need something different. In fact, if you aren't um, flirting or checking out other people, there's something wrong with you. So I think I think for my smart couple, so stay off social comparison stay off us you know facebook where you see all these people posting oftentimes unhappy people or people that are trying to convince themselves that life is great are posting and showing these pictures and stuff and you're only seeing that little snippet Mm -hmm. of of that smiley face that maybe there's other things that are going on for a person be below that um my connected couples i think having a mindset one we choose wisely we choose well from the beginning but when we look at some couples that really during say like um you know through world war one world war two many couples are coming together meeting um and then they were married and they stayed married 50 60 years we see that we still see some of these mm-hmm. these couples showing up and there's something about the mindset there's something about um the energy that couples that are successful and long-term have that I see it in couples that are starting to crumble. There's friendship. When people are good friends um, and they, they treat each other well, manners and respect um, that they know preferences that they still stay curious. That's one of the big things um, we talk about. I've known this person for 20 years. The you know, sex is going to be the same way. I know what they're going to want when we go to the restaurant. I know this type of thing. So how do you interject curiosity back in there? That was the stuff that was part of the, the early years, right? When we were mm. waiting with and asking questions and going on, on adventures, there was fun and there was novelty and there was curiosity curiosity. And so we want to interject that back into or keep it interjected into your relationship, whether you're at the one year mark or the 10th year mark or the 50th year mark. I, I, I guess that's important you know, to keep you know, keep yourself curious. But how do we how do we re- remain loyal to this one person? When we see all around us, you know, divorces, I mean, divorces are on the rise. And mm-hmm. yeah, there are some and, um, you know, I'm me being one of them, you know, there are people who are just wrong. 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, both my partners were just wrong. They were very, very abusive. Yes. I, you know, my second one, I don't, I think he's just medically a lot no joke. I think he needs to get some psychological help. He's a, he's a pathological liar, a narcissist. But even the, the even my, my first husband, he was a, a physical abuser. So he was, mm-hmm. he was a bite beater. So again, he needs some help. But mm-hmm. these are, these are extreme examples and I've just been very unlucky. But generally as well, I, I've seen people just, you know, they, they, you know, the husband has his life, the, the woman has, the wife has her life and they just coexist and there's no longer marriage there. How mm-hmm. do you, how do you stop things from coming there? Because the media is showing that anybody who was married for over, you know, a certain part of time, they show that the fact that they're very happy, but they're not really happy. And they, you know, even the examples uh, and most, and I'm, and I'm saying this because even when we look at examples of, uh, I'm going to go to Bollywood because I'm a Bollywood person. I don't know if you've heard of Shah Rukh. He's a, he's a big Bollywood star, him and his wife. They show a very close relationship, but people say, nah, this is just a fake. They're not really happy together. Mm-hmm. How do you counteract that? I don't know. I don't know what the couple is like. I haven't met them. I'm not known them personally. But people's mm-hmm. responses, you know, that's just a charade and they're not really happy and they're both miserable with each other. How do they know? There's no evidence right. for it. Right, right. And what does it matter? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How does that impact you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, sometimes we just want to know to know. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. They're just putting in the charade. And, charade and, yeah, and, I think um, it's justified that no one's really happy in the marriage. That's right. the point I was trying to make. This is the, yeah. this, this is the impression that I get. And I'm, because I'm told how lucky I am, the fact that I have my own autonomy and I'm, I'm single and I have to, work, mm-hmm. don't have to worry about a husband. And I find that interesting um, because in one aspect it's true, but the second aspect is also like, you know, no one's really happy. Everyone's really miserable. I'm like, really? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and sometimes, yeah, like I said, we want to, we want to justify that and say where we're at and that it's okay that I can be miserable or we're, we're you know, feel like we're living parallel lives type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, but the other thing is like, all right, let's just put, stop looking at other people. Let's go mm-hmm. back to you. Are you happy? Are you feeling connected with your partner? Mm. Do they feel like it? When was the last time you felt connected or you felt excited to see them come through the door and those type of things? Because as you mentioned, there are some outliers, like as far as like relationships where they're dangerous mm. and they're really not a good place for you or for children to be in. Yeah. But for the, the majority of of life is that relationships have the highs and the lows, and there are going to be those peak pivotal moments in, in, in couples, but there's also got to be room for normal everyday life to happen. And some of that people mistake um, stability for being stale. Like we, we come home every day, we see each other, um, we have food, we sit down and have a nice dinner together, and like, oh, well, we're stale. Um, so is that is that stale or is that stability? And that's part of the ritual of connection that both of you have. It, maybe there's some old history stuff that people were raised in, in families that were more um, volatile. And mm. so an absence of volatility has them wondering, what are we doing right when we're doing wrong? So when I'm working with couples, we really go back to some of the earlier years. What was fun? What was having you connected? Are you practicing self-care for yourself? How are you showing up as a priority? How are they showing up at a priority in your day? Because it's pretty hard 
to um, say walk away from someone who's who's kind and greets you and says, "Hey, how are you doing?" And I was thinking about you today, and um, you know, here, let me get you something to drink. Or what? It's really hard when someone is showing up a hundred percent as themselves and connecting with you to say, mm-hmm, "He's a nice person," but we just this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess the, the, to go back to connecting, it's staying curious. It is still opening yourself up. Being in a long-term relationship does give you some stability to take more risks for yourself personally, professionally. And so whether you're in that relationship or you're single, you can still infuse energy and newness into yourself, which then brings it to the relationship as well. Mm, I think that that's really key, isn't it? Stability. Um, I think before we go on to the, the tips, I think this. I think you want to reiterate this. I, I, we mentioned this in Friday feature that having a stable relationship with a spouse or a part, long-term partner mm-hmm. is one of it going to be one of the most important factors to determine your success. Because if you have stability at home, then you're able to focus on your external environment and take risks and do the the work. And at times you're going to have doubt, and you have some, if you have a partner who's who's fuel, who's fueling into the doubts, then it's going to be chaos. Where if you have a partner who's actually giving you you know the support that you need in your lowest moments, you're going to have the courage to go out and take the risks and 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 you know go out and um you know attain all those um aspirations and even aspire higher. I mean, you may mm-hmm. want to aim for the rooftops, and your partner can say, "No, you can reach for the stars," and you may actually go for it. So mm-hmm. you know, your partner is the biggest factor. So let's go. Let's come back to this point then. Then. Um, how you know how what's the best way to retain chemistry what are your your biggest tips to retain chemistry and passion between um you know between married couples or long-term partners yeah oh well it's it's great i like i like that there's a lot of things that we can do and i tell when i'm working with couples one of the biggest things is that let's go back to the early years mm-hmm. what did you guys do together that was fun exciting what how did you find each other how did you connect what made you feel like this was the right place the right person for me because that is going to give you the clues that then we look at what today is going on like i had one couple that came to me super super sweet been together 25 20 years or so and they were like eh. you know we talked about stale and like mm. eh, eh, we're just like yeah um and so we started talking about well what were they doing for fun all right. They confuse being married uh, with that you couldn't have fun and and being, you know, adults and stuff. And so they had stopped doing that. And I said, well, we we met um and we both enjoyed music. So a lot of our early courting was going to concerts in the park, or we'd go down to downtown and we'd have a drink or we'd have dinner and we'd dance and things like that. I said, Okay, great. So what music do you play in your house? And they got like crickets, <laughs> none. They had stopped playing music. So it's, they had stepped away from the early things and it was fun. They just would come home. They'd have a conversation. They'd cook dinner. They'd watch TV. And and I said, well, let's put some music on. You guys get some playlists going. And so they started playing music, come in in the morning. They do. They said, in less than a week, we started bebopping around the kitchen. We're happy. We're kind of singing. The other one might be doing a little jiggy jig, and um, and they'll just pick them into a swing in, in a in a little dance routine. So they quickly interjected some fun and some some play 
So couples, successful couples, you got to play, you got to have fun. You need to remember your manners. I get a lot of pushback on this one as well. When people said manners, I said, yeah, like they take the trash out. I say, hey, thanks for taking the trash out. I said, why should I tell them? Thank you. That's their job. Because if it was a friend or a stranger that came into your house and took the trash out of the trash can, you would have thanked them, right? So wouldn't you want to take your VIP, your very important partner, and thank them as well. And so then we stop feeling like being taken for granted, right? We're being shown appreciation with the manners. Um, we're, sh- we're being continued reminded that they know our preferences and that, that they're interested. So we want to put those back into the into the relationship. Fund. So fun, curiosity, manners, shows us respect, shows us appreciation. Those front loading help with the emotion and the mindset. And if I'm feeling loved, respected, it's fun, I'm happy about seeing my partner, that's where more the intimacy, the passion, the romance starts to rev and outside the bedroom to then go into the bedroom. Mm. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So is it true that you can retain a highly passionate relationship and, and be intimate more than twice a week and actually you have it more regular, you know, once a day? Or that, you know, I think when parts first get together, maybe it's two or three times a day, and then it ends up being about twice a week. Can you mm-hmm. get back into that old passion when you are, you know, you can't keep your hands off each other? Is it possible to retain that kind of intimacy? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, sometimes when I see the couples that are, they've aged into a life transition where they're, the kids are adulting and going off or the kids or nothing, I see that there can be an uptick of that mm-hmm. uh, with the retirement. I think you want to be looking at where are you guys in each of the life stages? Are you you know, just finished with kids or kids are still interrupting or your, your sleep or the kids are on their own, but you're um, deep in a career trend because those mental, you know, the, the physical drain of real life, the mental load of where you're at, maybe everything's great, but now you're worried about an alien parent. Those things are going to also come back and, and impact you. Um, but yes, if you're in there, you're tracking along, saying, hey, we have more free time, we have more privacy. Yes, couples can reclaim that and regain that. It is a very individualized passion. And I want to say libido is very individualized. So mm-hmm. there's all these stats. And, um, you know, so some folks come pre-wired that they want more or they have a higher libido or more frequent um, intimacy and then others. So if you were a uh, once a week is kind of good enough for me or twice a week was good enough to me uh, and you're now in a different age state, it may be hard to keep up with the stats of saying, oh, two or three times a day type of thing because we have free time. But you can rec- reclaim it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say intimacy comes in so many different forms. And so when some people say, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have sex and it's got to be this way, this way, this way, this way. Some people aren't having 
sex the same way you are having sex. Some people aren't having intercourse. Some people are having other types of, of intimate interactions. And so I would say, don't read all, don't read all the stats and try to line up your relationship with it. What you want to do is not have it feel forced. What you want to have it, do, it wants to flow. And if you walk away feeling like I want to do better or I can do better, that's great. And what's better place than um, with someone that you trust that's some bit around that's been around you through all the life changes, the body changes and stuff and say, let's try it. Let's try some new things. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of things to um, explore and try as, as you go through your- how, how do we instill body, body positivity? I think there's been a, a big awareness of body shaming that happens. And I think um I think men do it either consciously or subconsciously at times to the to the to the females. And you know, with the stretch marks or you know, with, with the weight gain from over the years or through childbearing because of childbearing reasons or just because of the age as the as you get older. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of body shaming and it's just as a casual casual joke. How does that impact intimacy and a close relationship? Because I would have thought that would that would in my case, I think that was horrible because I, I, by in my, but my had an ex- extreme example. I, in my mid thirties, I was led to believe I was old and ugly and fat, and you know nobody mm-hmm. could possibly be attracted to me because I'm so hideous. Uh, and I actually believe those lines keep in mind the, you know, the. Oh yeah, much. oh yeah. They go so to the so core. How, <laughs> yeah. So how do how I mean men could be doing it, not even realizing they're doing. It. It's just a, a you know a joke here. And I'm going to give an example here. Um, it's a different example for relationships. So my son, who's now 12, who is the most gorgeous, handsome boy on the planet for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. He is very, very, he's very good looking. Um, and I've always told him how you know, my God, you're so handsome. You're so handsome, my my handsome boy. And I, in my brain, I thought I was saying that. My mm-hmm. son, I just found out, you know, he's got, he's over COVID. He developed a bit of a podgy belly and he never went. And he's still trying to work hard to get over there. He's, he's very conscious. He's not fat, but he's just yeah. got a bit of a podgy belly. He's conscious. Sure. And, I, you know, when I, he became very sensitive about it, I just mentioned to, you know, we, we should, you know, that his friends lost weight. Maybe we should go to, and he just got very touchy and he got very upset. And I couldn't figure out why. Mm-hmm. Now, bear in mind, I'm like supposed to be the sporty parent and everything. And it's my daughter. She goes, mom, you're teasing him too much. I'm like, huh? When am I teasing him? She goes, yeah, you put the idea into her. And I'm like, huh? I did it? And it first time yeah. in my life it occurred to me that people can sometimes do it not even knowing they've done it. Because I thought, mm-hmm. I'm like, I said a gazillion times a day, you're such a, you're so handsome. You're so handsome and I love you. And maybe mm-hmm. once or twice I've said you're chubby, but you heard the chubby part and you forgot right. the handsome part, right? <laughs> so, it's right. Quite, so it's quite possible that... You know, and probably because he's he's preteen, so he's more prone to all the negativity. Yeah, 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 hyper hypersensitive. It's possible that as women, we are insecure about our, ourselves, and then when our partner says you're beautiful, you're yeah. beautiful, and then once says you know you're putting on weight, we just listen to that and we hold on to that. So <laughs> right. I'm giving I'm giving the men some leeway here. Not <laughs> my own example. <laughs> you're getting cut some slack here, right? Okay, for unintentional insult there. Yeah. <laughs> so but, how how do we how do we counteract that as uh, you know? So how do yeah. how do couples become? Because I think maybe they do, the wives are doing it the, to the husbands as well, not not realizing they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So it could be it could be both ways actually. Mm-hmm. How, oh, do yeah. couples, how, how do couples yeah how do couples become aware and and deal with that and then how do they reassure their partner that they are still gorgeous and beautiful and attractive okay. 
Okay. Yeah. I got that. Welcome to the world of the human brain. Cause what do we pay attention to the one accidental, not intended to say that, or maybe, maybe we did, maybe we are mad with that. You know, I just, you know, your, your belly's getting so heavy kind of thing. Like that. maybe it was that one moment. How, why is it we hang on to the negative that yeah. one thing and not the other? I think that goes back to, uh, you know, our survival instincts, right? We, we pay attention to danger or something like that because that was going to keep us away from being eaten or killed mm-hmm. or something like that. But how do we, how do we do that? Well, one, again, it goes back to us being more intentional or self-aware and, mm-hmm. and checking in with each other. And so maybe not, let's just say in the, in the, in a moment, um, and we're we're all dressed up and your husband says something. Well, we'll just say the wife says something to the husband. We'll just flip it around. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do an insult like, wow, you're getting a lot of gray in your hair. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You look so handsome. And all of a sudden now the evening's kind of crushed or the little sullen type, type of thing. How do we pay attention to their reaction if we're not seeing the compliment, um, how do, if I'm receiving the end of the, you know, a pudgy or gray hair, how did that make me feel? Hmm. And so being more in tune with it, like if I'm hurt, then in a time or place, we want to be able to go back and say, I don't know if you meant it, not criticizing, but we're doing it more of a complaint. Don't know if you realize it, but when you told me I was getting a lot of gray hair, it, I felt, you know, unsexy or it hurt me, mm. or I was, I was kind of embarrassed in, in the dress after you told me like, wow, you know, <laughs> that's a little tight on you these days. And like, all of a sudden, all I could pay attention to was the way the, you know, the, the pants fit around my stomach. And so we want to help our partners understand um, the impact from our perception it, they didn't perhaps mean to do that. They thought maybe it was a sideways comment. Like I said, maybe it was a, a little joke um, so that we can clean that up. And then they will be able to say, get the reassurance or we'll, we'll say, you know, that's not funny. Or was that really a passive aggressive joke, mm-hmm. which is really was a, my indirect comment on that. You've gained weight and I, I don't like it on you or you've gotten, you know, you're, you're not um, showing up the way I want to be. So I think one is paying attention to how the comments made us feel, finding gentle ways about how their action or comment had you feel, because um, your feelings are feelings. That's how you feel. They're not mm-hmm. facts. It's you know not intentional. And how can we go going forward? Do they need to apologize? Or like do a redo, like with like with your son, if you could in that moment, like you'd be going back and redo instead of saying you got pudgy. It's like if maybe you would reframe it, say it a different way. Like, hey, if I could do a redo, sweetie, what I would just say is um, you know, that uh we can do some things if you're happy or we're not happy, or I'm just saying that maybe we need to change that shirt or what well, you could do you could reflip the comment. Or not even say that he's looking pudgy. Maybe mm. the pudgy is not a right word. Maybe we want to be flipping it around and saying, like, now that COVID's over, I think it's time for all of us to get back into the gym and really um, start taking care of ourselves and let the natural course of going to the gym or cutting out, I don't know, chips, 
bread, pizza, whatever it might be, you know. Mm. Um, so I think healthy relationships, whether it's friendships or whether it's parenting um, or with, you know, with couples, is that we have the ability to take something back and say, hey, I, that, if I could do it over again, this is how I would have said or I would have not said that. I would have just complimented you. Wonderful. Or I would have appreciated the the um, amount of strain being pregnant and going mm. through this or going through menopause or, you know, whatever it might mm. be had on your body. So, so those are so, some, some of the things that I would think um, are important. The other part is, um, is if you're feeling like the body shaming and the body, I want to say in, disconnect, like that's not how I see my body, but this is how it's showing up when I mm. look in the mirror. Mm. There's all sorts of ways that, you know, that you can, um, if you're like a being intimate or dressing differently, it's like go to one of the stores and get a shopper that kind of helps you pick clothes mm. out to give you different, get a good friend or go with your spouse, your partners and say, Hey, let's, let's just try on some stuff. This is really hard for me. I don't feel good because we get in these ruts about how mm. we dress in the bedroom you can change up the lighting you can have sexy or fresh clothes your fresh um, pajamas that are more forgiving or a little bit more coverage so that you can feel good about your body at whatever stage it is in it doesn't have to look like something on social media or maybe you know, you know, it you, you can be you and and that's part of just you know enjoying who you are and having your spouse appreciate you as well. Mm. I think I think that's on that note we'll wrap this up. I think this is important to know that you do need to take responsibility for the comments that you make, but you need to have an open relationship with your partner to be able to discuss if something's hurt you, to be able mm-hmm. to say it. I'm mm-hmm. really glad that, you know, when I pushed it further, my son opened up and my daughter opened up to as to what I'd done. I was completely oblivious to it, but at least I was able to rectify yeah. the situation. Same thing yeah. with any relationship. You need to be have the confidence to be open and honest about what you, you know, how you're feeling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then find ways to counteract this. And you maybe the, the partner has said something, but you are just, in, you know, consciously because of the social media, you see all, you know, all these perfect Six-year-olds oh, yeah. and eighty-year-olds, and you're like, oh my god, you know, they look so fabulous. Honestly, some of these women are, you know, we are twenty years my senior, and they can give me a run for my money. Um, but it's 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 you know, so that's um, <laughs> yes. And so, I mean, I don't know how much of that's true, how much of that filters, and how much of that is just you know, social mm-hmm. media filters. I think most of the time. But anyway, you can feel insecure about yourself at any age. Um, as right. I, as my teenage daughter keeps reminding me. So if mm-hmm. therefore it's it's a, in a relationship, it's your responsibility to make sure that you ha- you know have an open rela- open conversation, mm-hmm. and um, and not let that be a factor to, to you know right. to diminish your intimacy. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for being such an amazing and interesting guest with us, Doctor Liz. Doctor Liz, tell us where can we connect with you? How can you find you on the internet? Oh. Well, at my website is drlizjenkins.com um, or drop in on Facebook. It's Dr. Liz Jenkins. Uh, and Instagram is dr underscore Liz underscore Jenkins. And I'm always out there doing lives and posts and training. So I'd love to have you pop in there, comment, say hi, connect up. And if um, people want to 
to chat with me. I have a complimentary connection call where they can just hop on and we can talk about what's going on in their life. And if there's something that I can offer to give them some suggestions or advice, I'm here. Wonderful. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, then all the links that Dr. Liz has just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, once again, we have all the links for Dr. Liz as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Liz, for being such an amazing guest. Uh, It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Take care. And thank you for listening to me and Dr. Liz today on Money on uh, on Wednesday's Money Talkies. I will be back with another guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. And today has been a very special one because remember, guys, unless your personal life is in order, your professional life will not be as as um will not be as successful uh, as it could be. Uh, if, you're, if your home life is not happy, then your professional life is going to take a big toll. So be, yes. be, you know, bear in mind. So that's why I think today's discussion is even more important and it will have a, a greater impact on your success than you realize. Well, until the next time, this is Gore Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.